We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Report. It's been a long time, long hiatus. I'm back with Hassan. As always, almost always, Hassan, how's it going? I'm uh, man, you know, living the dream. I'm pretty excited. First uh, first part of the, of the season. Um, and I'm, re- I'm pretty excited to have Connor Driscoll here as our guest. I'm excited for this, for what we're about to do. Yes, absolutely. For those who don't know, we're drafting tonight in the FFPC Best Ball Tournament Draft. This is the contest that uh, Connor and his co-owner won, took first place last year in the inaugural inaugural tournament. So we're trying to uh, kind of ride his coattails for this one. So uh, hopefully you can help us do that, Connor. How's it going? I'm going. I'm doing well. Well, you you forgot to mention that you finished second. So hopefully, yeah, we can we can combine the the two efforts this year Absolutely. and uh, just make another make another super team. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Do you want to explain kind of uh, what what this contest is all about for those who don't know? Yeah. Um, so just round, round numbers. Uh, there's about 10,000 people or 10,000 teams in this tournament. Um, it is best ball FFBC rules, which means tight end premium. And you need to finish in the top two out of your twelve uh, of your draft of twelve to advance, and then um, and then there's just various kind of like playoff stages, and uh, you, you then I guess if you if you're lucky enough to get to week seventeen, you you're playing for a two hundred thousand dollar prize. Um, I guess one of the the big differences about best ball on FFPC in particular is that with the two flexes. And the tight end premium, you uh, the I guess that your second tight end becomes just a little bit more valuable because it's one of those things where when you're in managed, it's like you're never you don't really ever want to decide to start a second tight end, but in, in best ball where you uh, you're you're given your best score, those guys can really contribute with uh, with some really strong scores. Yeah, for sure, and I think you know 
last year, I believe it was only 18 roster spots. This time they've expanded it to 20. Um, so you have a few extra spots for those late tight ends. You have uh, some more spots for some high upside running backs and wide receivers if you want to go that route. Um, if you want to really dig into this, Connor has written up uh, his kind of his thoughts on the contest. Um, part two appeared today on Rotoviz, so definitely go check that out. You know, real strategy from last season's winner. Um, yeah, I'm excited to get into this. We got the 104 in this year's in this draft. Let me pull up this the board just so we can see. Yeah, and uh, I would definitely say if you're listening to this on audio. Um, you might want to go check out the video version over on YouTube if you get a chance, because it's a little bit easier to see um, how this stuff unfolds in real time. Uh, I doubt that we're going to have anyone who sits on our stream and will snipe us, um, but you know, you never know. Um, so would would genuinely recommend seeing how we discuss this. We'll try and be as candid as we can with our thoughts, and you can tell us, uh, you know, where we where we went wrong. <laughs> All right, draft is starting. In. Yeah, we treat uh, we treat potential draft picks as a safe secret here at uh, Rotovis. <laughs> not like uh, not like uh, ship chasing where they'll broadcast uh, right before their pick. That's right. I made sure this league filled before we actually tweeted it out. So hopefully we'll uh, <laughs> hopefully we're all good there. In fact, I should tweet out that we're live. Yeah, and then I can probably boost it. So for those of you who don't know. We're not very good with social media, but here we go. <laughs> By the way, if you are watching this on YouTube, go ahead and hit subscribe to the Road of His channel. You won't get any notifications. They'll just, uh, it'll help us out. So do that. If you're listening, you can leave a rating and review. And we're off. By the way, Jonathan Taylor off the board to the 101. No surprise there. I think um, Connor and I were discussing this a little before you hopped on, Hassan, but we kind of have our pick of the wide receivers here which in some ways is more difficult than getting the 105 uh, so i want to get your thoughts on this because i've been team justin jefferson over cooper cup all off season if only because uh there's been a lot of talk of skating to where the puck is yeah. and there goes it doesn't matter because justin jefferson goes all um, right you can still talk because i'm actually team jamar chase over cooper cup but all I'm, right i'm, I'm on that way. team too i'm on that team too what do you think um, what do you think connor talk us into cooper cup well, I mean, he did absolutely break fantasy football last year. Um, he he scored more points than anyone else by like a, a ridiculous margin, and um, there's not actually that much that's, that's changed for him. Any concerns about Matthew Stafford's elbow? Uh, yeah, of course. Uh, I'm not like I, I guess when it comes to these types of picks, I'm not that married. If you guys want to go at uh, Jamar Chase, that that's absolutely fine with me. Hassan, you want Chase? Yeah. Five seconds. Yep, Chase. All right, I'm on Chase, so let's just get him. I, I mean, part of this is I'm not necessarily worried about, about Matthew Stafford's elbow, but I'm more interested in, or at least I'm expecting a little bit of mean reversion for Cooper Cup. You know what I mean? Like, I'm I'm really expecting, uh, like, Cooper Cup kind of had a bit of a perfect storm last off se- like last season with Robert Woods going out, Daryl Henderson missing time, Cam Akers not being around um there's a few others who i believe you just didn't really have any true target competition and i know a lot of people are like counting it against you know um uh scheme or this that and the other but like 
I understand, but there's been a lot of talk about skating to where the puck will be and not you know where the puck is. And I think that the, leaving Cooper Cup uh, ahead of the these other two guys all off season was a bit of skating to where the puck is. Uh, that makes sense, and I, I I'm fine crashing on burning on that sentiment because I've I've got a fairly significant financial stake in this exact take. I mean, we always talk on Rotoviz about how second year wide receivers are a cheat code, so. When you can get the best second-year wide receiver in the whole league, hard to pass that up. And we should mention Chase was on the the team that took down this tournament last season. I forget who that was. Yeah, maybe we uh, maybe we just try to reassemble that team <laughs> as best we can. We'll go Debo Samuel's next pick. Now, to, uh, I think uh, you mentioned this in your article today, but you actually took Dalvin Cook in the first round last last yeah. time right yeah that, uh, that it, it is interesting how like that can be such like a kind of like average to subpar first round pick yeah and yet the team still won yeah so it, it 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 really does go to show how it's not just about individual picks it's how does the roster fit together like and can you kind of hit a parlay of enough roster picks rather than get the absolute best possible pick in, in one scenario yeah all right after our pick we see cooper cup go right after then eckler kelsey henry cook mark andrews all come off the board um any surprises there i know cook has been kind of being steamed i think this is about as we expected maybe a little right. bit mark all, all the running backs in that range all feel very kind of similar yeah um i mean there's there's definitely our differences but it's 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 really hard to fault any kind of um any running back pick there. What is interesting is the uh and I know this does happen on FFPC is Devante Adams and Stefan Diggs uh slipping a bit here. It could be interesting that team twelve could be able to take both of them. Yeah. And there goes Harris, so it didn't show up yet. So Diggs and Adams would be a possible start for team twelve. Um, I thought it was interesting that Najee, Hart, Najee he has a yeah a Liz Frank sprain, and uh, apparently that's a four to six week injury, but he's on week four. Oh, so he's had it for a while, and just didn't right? Tell him. Yeah. Um, but definitely not a not something you want to be paying a a first round pick for coming into the season with a yeah a foot sprain. Right. All right. So team twelve takes DeAndre Swift, opting not for the. Uh... Wide receiver double tap there. So hey Josh, thanks thanks for uh, thanks for joining us. Oh, yeah, I didn't I didn't notice that we had like some 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 we do comments. Have some comments. Yeah, what's up? Hey, what's going on, Evan and Goblor and Josh? Um, oh wow, I'm uh, I'm a little bit shocked by that uh, Swift Javante. Uh, so obviously, I I think that they've seen the uh, the story that a lot of the running backs in the early rounds are older and. Uh, <laughs> They're like, okay, well, I'll take the young guys. Yeah. That, so just for context, ADP over the last, I don't know, three or four days has Javante making it all the way back to us at uh, 209. So uh, that's that's quite a reach by Team 12. But um do like that upside. You really do have to swing for defenses uh, back at 112. So it, right. it could definitely be interesting. But, yeah, this is a... Uh, this is definitely trending towards a a, a running back heavier uh, draft for but, sure. Uh, we'll see how far back uh, Devante slides. Yeah, like, that'd be kind of nuts, right? If we got him at two on nine, 
Oh, that would be insane. Yeah, for any listeners, Mixon goes 202, Diggs 203, Camara 204. So, so oh, there goes Adams 205. So this is a fairly interesting and kind of a um kind of a very running back heavy room. Kind of I mean, it's weird to see some of these guys going early. Um, namely Javante Williams and Joe Mixon and Alvin Kamara going ahead of Saquon Barkley. What do you guys think is what do you guys think is um causing this slide on Barkley here? Because for a while he was steamed into the first. So I uh I I, I was looking at this and, and the the makeup of this draft does look different to a lot of the slows that I'm in. Um I have a feeling that this is kind of one of those more running back heavy but also uh, much more risk adverse. So somebody who, who would have seen the, uh, or a lot of managers who would have seen the uh, the injuries for sake one over the uh, the last few years, and I'm, I'm just not wanting to pay up for it. Okay, team seven with a Kelsey Pitts start. That's really interesting. I don't hate it. That's, uh, yeah, but it's a little frustrating because that's what I was hoping would slide back all the way to us. Yeah. And now, and now I wanted to get your thoughts. It kind of all depends on what happens here out of the 105. Um, because I'm very curious to see if Saquon, like, do no, we take, no, he, he didn't fall, of course. He just went one before. I think that, um, if we want, I don't see any running backs I love here. I think Debo makes sense. I think Tyreek Hill. I don't think D. Higgins makes that much sense. I think Tyreek Hill might make sense or Debo makes sense if you guys want to play it that way. Well, I'm definitely not on Tyreek Hill above Higgins right. or AJ Brown or even Jalen Waddle. So, all right. what do you think, Connor? Connor, uh, you're the bread breaker. I, I've been taking Debo in this spot. Um, right. Just seems like a baller talent that uh, should be in the first, but isn't. So, yep, I'll, I'll take him there. He, he is one of those players that uh, um, people think, oh, wait, he's a he's a running back, right? He, he just plays <laughs> running back. Uh, but if you if you look at um before they had all their running back injuries, he was one he, he was still like a top five wide receiver in like receiving metrics, like just basic receiving yards and receiving touchdowns. So I don't I don't really buy the uh hey he's a running back, that's all he does. Like no, he's he's a very good player and he's very good at running back. He's also very good at wide receiver. And it's like he still racked up the points either way. Like he racked up the points as a uh, as a receiver, and then he did it as a running back. Now, obviously, the the efficiency was outrageous, but I think that more speaks to him being so good and having all these different paths to 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 uh, to winning. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. I mean, you know, one thing that I remember Sean saying on one of these podcast he's on is that even if you expect Samuel to kind of lose a little bit which probably will happen with Ayuk having a really good camp with the move to Trey Lance which might end up being a lot you know might need fewer passes overall even if he loses some points he's still at a level that's very uh very good for you so he has a decent floor and obviously the ceiling is pretty outrageous all right. In the meantime, Nick Chubb goes off. Leonard Fournette, Tyreek Hill, and Keenan Allen both to the team at 101. AJ Brown. Um, Higgins is still there. I had forgotten when I suggested him first that we took Chase in the first round. So um, yeah. maybe. If, uh, I mean, honestly, if Chase is the pick in the first round, then, or say, if Chase is the pick over Cooper Cup, 
then Higgins is the pick here. Like you think you think just like going full Bengals on spot. I mean, we we've already we've uh, by taking Chase there, we were already saying, hey, they're not going to pass. Like I, I love, if you look at a, the projection from Chase is like a a later first round value, but it uses like a fifty eight. Most of them use some kind of fifty eight percent um pass rate. Whereas by him taking uh, him there, we're making a statement that hey, no, they're not. Um, well, if you, if you look at their legacy yeah. splits. Uh, if you want to make that point. Seconds. Um, I think it's Higgins. Maybe we can make a case for Aaron Jones, who's kind of a value. ETN. Higgins yeah. With you, though. I was going to say the only value here would probably be like, Aaron Jones would be a value. Um, Too slow. We got Higgins. That's fine. We got we to gotta talk a little faster. I know. Oh, sorry, that's my bad. I, I did a shot in there where I just made up the clock. Until <laughs> yeah. 10 that's seconds okay. left. Um. Yeah, I mean, sometimes I think that, like, when I get Higgins at a good value on a team that already has Chase, I don't mind that. Sometimes it seems like that's kind of a hedge, right? Um, but but I'm good with it, and we just kind of have to get Burrow on this team now. So um, the way I the way I look at it, and I I've done this on a team with uh, Ben Gretsch, um, is that. If you look at the Bengals, um, if you look at their their pass, their their run pass ratio from like, uh, I think the this the split I used was week twelve through to to the Super Bowl. I think he used even earlier week four on. It's like above sixty percent. And if you uh, if you get them to like sixty three percent pass rate, which is what what they were, I think it was week twelve on, um. And then just assume a few extra plays because more passes means more, uh, more plays. Then that that that's what makes Jamar Chase the, the the receiver one. But that also pushes up T Higgins. Um, right. One I guess thing what I like we, about we, build is that it does give you a really high weekly floor because if you know if Chase has a bad game, that probably means Higgins is having a good game. So right might limit your ceiling. A little bit but both of you know either of these guys can put up 30 points any week so you're not it's not like you're taking a, a huge hit you'd obviously prefer to have multiple guys putting up 30 points but uh but i'm okay with it i guess well, you, you can also get the week 16 version of the Bengals, where uh, you could you could also get the week 16 version of the Bengals, where uh okay t higgins he's the guy who smashed but jamar chase still had i think he still had 20 points or so yeah, for sure. All right, after we take Higgins, Mike Evans goes, Aaron Jones, Michael Pittman, George Kittle, ETN, James Conner, pretty much as you would expect. I was thinking after the fact that we probably should have considered a tight end at at uh, 304, Waller or Kittle, because Waller's not going to make it back to us. But we'll see. Yeah, well, I think we probably should have considered Waller, but... yeah. One of the things that I always forget about these like uh, live drafts is just sort of how chaotic it is. Cause like I'm trying to do like a bunch of like live stream research just in case anything, anything is amiss or <laughs> what we're missing and, you know, making sure. And I've only got the one screen. <laughs> um, yeah. Just so just from, from Connor, from your perspective, from your research, you showed that an elite DE 
uh, with two QB in the window sort of seems to be one of the more optimal approaches in this format. Do you mind talking to about it a little bit more? Like what is, you know, what defines that elite TE range? What do you think makes for a good elite TE for us? And do uh, and uh, where do you think we should be looking at uh, our two QB build? Just to, you know, talk a little bit about your article and the work, the fantastic work right. you've done on is. Um, well, I think... At traditionally, it's been a little the the elite has been a little bit earlier, and um, especially on uh, FFPC, you're probably talking around three or four, and um, so I I I I used that before round five, just because if you look at last year, and um, the 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 tight end breakout came from Mark Andrews, and um, but in mo in in most cases, you're not going to want to to kind of try and unbank on one of the kind of later in between tight ends. I, I I personally in most of my drafts I'm looking at those kind of top five guys and uh, with Darren Waller being the cutoff. And um, but with our situation here, we're probably gonna have to try and either make a bet that uh we get another uh sort of Mark Andrews type breakout where uh somebody who is just a top quality player is, is just going too late. Or we're gonna to have to try and make it work with a with a Frankenstein tight end. Um, As you say that, we see both Darren Waller and Dalton Schultz go off the board. I know Schultz is getting some buzz, but he's like where I see him going. I think it's like the worst pick in the draft. <laughs> I mean, I mean uh, like no one has ever regretted overdrafting a Dallas Cowboys tight end, right? That's right. right. <laughs> It, what was the other guy's name from last year who was going in like a similar range? The not Dalton Schultz guy, the other guy. You, you know who I'm talking about. I don't remember. No one remembers his name. The Cowboys guy. Yeah, the other one. Not not Darwin. <laughs> Thank you. There you go, Jarwin. What happened to him? He lost his job, I guess. <laughs> he's, a, he's a free agent. He really did lose his job. <laughs> no, that's too bad. That is a bummer. Uh, yeah. Dalton, he, he is a perfect example of someone who's like, oh yeah, projectable volume. It's yeah. like they have to throw it to somebody. Let's give it to this guy. Maybe that that won't be the the best solution for the football team, but that's it. Let's project it anyway. All right, we're coming up to our pick. There's one guy I think would be awesome if he fell to us. Who I'll put in the chat. Yeah, I'm I'm good with the uh, the names. I'm good with our top two picks in in the. Uh, in you, guys, you guys are absolutely not going to believe who Blair who Blair mentioned, and it is um, it to no one's surprise. He's he's touting a running back. Um, <laughs> I, I'm actually I'm actually kind yeah, of not guy, really. You just went. Who was not the guy I mentioned? No, that that was the one. Um, yeah, Brees Hall goes oh. on. I think. With the week seventeen matchup, Gabe Davis is a pretty interesting pick here. Sure, um, there's a couple of other wide receivers that I'm interested in, but but um, Connor, I wanted to get your thoughts on T.J. Hawkinson and and Dallas Goddard here. We're on the clock. Oh, yeah. I'm in, I'm in terrible the picks. T.J. Hawkinson, terrible pick. Fact, <laughs> I would really consider him. Uh, yeah, I, yeah this, I agree with Blair. I think uh, Gabe Davis is the way. No, no, I mean, I'm in the fifth. This is Gabe Davis, like 100. percent All right. Yeah, we don't want to time out again. No. 
Yeah, because this is this is kind of the start. But um, that's why I wanted to get your thoughts on those two tight ends in the fifth. But you think they're terrible picks? Um, yeah. And what makes well, them, what makes them terrible? About, um, uh, projectable volume. Um, and, and that kind of propping that guys up. So, um, to be honest, I uh, – how do I say this? <laughs> I I I, just, I I think as well that uh, um we were just like I said we we're just talking about Dalton Schultz volume propping people. I mean, up. The 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 issue I think with those two tight ends is there's a bunch of guys who we'd probably prefer ahead of him. Um, right. There, I mean, Amon Ross St. Brown is still out there. Uh, you've got um, trying to trying to figure. My, my my command center keeps pulling me away. There's like a few others. There's Marquise Brown, Jerry Judy, Amon Ross St. Brown, and even Juju Smith-Schuster you might want to consider ahead of them. Um, so I was I wanted to really get your thoughts there on, on some of those wide receivers over the tight end and how it fits in some of your findings that you've got. Um, what, what, why, what, what about the receivers? Well, I, I think that the yeah. big thing, one of the big things about um, FFBC, is that they receive the receivers get they do get the, the full point PPR and with how pass heavy the league has gotten the um the receivers just they just score so many points on in this set in this format um and so you really do want to have like a, a kind of like firepower at receiver yeah I, I mean Deontay Johnson went there uh, is kind of interesting as he goes there uh in the late fourth here if only because earlier today if you listen to this on monday he injured himself on on sunday in a preseason game this injury i believe is expected to be very mild so um not bad you know what i mean right i think it's an ac sprain and yeah he's such a beast he should be fine but um it, it does it does leave something you know at least interesting on how to play the the steelers as bass catchers um, does you know if he's not a hundred percent? Does it open up more opportunity for Claypool or even Pickens? Um, yeah, who knows? Um, okay, this is so Jalen Hurts goes um, as the third quarterback off the board. JK Dobbins, um, we're on the clock. Yeah, mm-hmm. and JK Dobbins just went, so we are on the clock. Yeah, um, I want to hear quickly your reason why you're not into Bateman here. Other uh, reason I'm not really no, interested. I know I said that uh, Hawkinson was a terrible pick, but that's also because I didn't want anybody listening in to. Uh... <laughs> I'm good with. So I, I think he is probably is the pick, but yeah, uh, yeah I, I think I, th- I think Hawkinson's the pick here. Unfortunately, I'm always hesitant to take. I mean, I like Hawkinson, and I'm going to draft him here, but I'm I am hesitant to take him on FFPC because he's so cheap on underdog. Like you can get him four rounds later than this sometimes. So. Right. So yeah, uh, I like getting my exposure over there, and then getting getting other other guys on uh, on FFPC. But if you're looking for a tight end who can really rise into the ranks of the elite guys, then uh, Hawkinson fits the bill. I mean, last year in the finals of this tournament, I think 11 out of the 12 teams had Mark Andrews. Basically, you you needed to have that elite tight end, and specifically that tight end who was drafted in like the middle rounds and rows to be a uh, right. guy. So you, you like, I think that the takeaway there or one of the big takeaways there is that you need a breakout tight end. 
you either need an elite or a breakout tight end to win in this format. And um, if if we if we did, if we had to let him go, it w- it would have been just so challenging for us to make up for that firepower at tight yeah. end. And and you really you just the uh, the tight end premium the like the fact that you get the extra flex spot on FFPC, it, it really makes um, tight ends firepower so important. Josh has a question here. Hawk over Goddard. And how do you see those two? It's a very good question. Um, uh, I actually, in my opinion, I kind of, I kind of do tend to lean um, Goddard a little bit more than Hawk. Uh, but that said, um, just from a sheer volume or PPR perspective, like, you know, given the fact that you get points per each reception here, I think Hawkinson's got a pretty clear path or at least a clearer path to, uh, to rack to being a, a tight end premium monster, just because he's real competition. There is Swift and um, Amon Ross St. Brown, whereas Goddard is going to be battling with AJ Brown, Miles Sanders, um, sorry, not Miles Sanders, Devonta Smith and on, on a slightly lower flow offense than, than um, Hawkinson is not, you know, cause like Hertz has always has the ability to scramble. And so you're going to get less pass attempts there. So I think just from a raw perspective, this is fine. Um, and that's where, that's why he gets a little bit iffy. And part of the reason why we wanted to go tight end is because it goes a lot with what Connor has been talking about with that elite tight end. Cause if we don't have that elite tight end, then what are we doing? Um, at least for for uh, this build, that the way we're the way we're building it, this is sort of a purist uh, zero RB approach. I think the reason for me to be uh, TJ Hawkinson over Goddard is if you look at Goddard last year, he set per- a kind of career highs and and a bunch of efficiency metrics, and so last year was the breakout year in a way for Goddard, and so. It's like okay, well, we kind of need this guy to compete with Kyle Pitts. Um, how is how how does he how does he he going to catapult himself from where he is now to the first or second round value when he already just set his career high in 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 yards per route run and stuff like that? Whereas Hawkinson, his uh, his I guess he he's still like a, a younger tight end and. There is a case where if he does kind of blow up in some of the efficiency metrics, like from saying, hey, he's in a better offense now. Hey, uh, tight ends take longer to develop. Maybe this is the year where he does add, add a, 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 like take a step forward. Like that. that's kind of one of those things where it's easier for me to see that big step forward for him. All right. We take Hawkinson after that. <clears throat> Rashad Bateman goes off the board. Amon Ross St. Brown, Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Goddard goes, McLaurin, Michael Thomas, the team at 112 takes Tom Brady and Chris Godwin getting those uh, Tampa Bay stacks a little bit early for Brady, but yeah, yeah I, I think yeah, you guys, right. Yeah, this now, person, they also took Cam Akers at the end of the four, which is a bit strange after the, uh, the injury news came out uh, about Acres. About mm. they don't know when he's going to practice. Curran Williams is going to be a, a key part of their uh, their season plan. Like yeah, yeah. Um, I know Hassan, you're a big Daryl Henderson stan. Is that how you're 
trying to play this news with Cam Akers or any interest in Kyron Williams late? Yeah, I'd be. I think I have a little bit of Kyron Williams from pre-draft, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think I think Henderson might be the way to go, just because he's been like so so cheap all off season, and it's like people learn nothing from last year, <laughs> and it's the same price. Um, uh, and um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like at this point, like you could start appending it with like scam makers, and you'd be very correct, right? Like they've just yeah, Joshua's right. Like they've been holding Cam makers out of practice. There's no, there's no uh, timetable. Like he's saying he's still not really running on grass. I don't know where this come, came from. Is this because he like they pushed him back too early after an Achilles? I don't. We don't know very much about it. Right. Well, I mean, the season starts in a week in, in two weeks now, and they're like, oh yeah, we don't know when he's going to be back. I I mean, for me, that 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 does get to a point where that's very yeah. Uh, very concerning for that player especially when there's limited detail yeah 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 it's too bad because acres was a guy who you know when you're looking at at running backs in that range there aren't a lot of guys who you can see that have have the kind of upside that would turn them into <clears throat> into like a first or second round pick next year right acres maybe has that or would if he were healthy yeah Adam lazard Alan Lazard goes um, so the next few picks there after Brady Godwin, it goes AJ Dillon, Tony Pollard, DK Metcalf, and Alan Lazard. Um, so the so what? How how are you guys playing this Alan Lazard news or you know hype? Like I'm not really interested in, really not interested in him at this price. I was interested in him at all, so I'm, I've been fading him fairly hard um, all off season. So. I, if, if, you know, I don't know about you guys. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't, I don't t- quite get this, uh, this price on Lazard. I think Dobbs is a bunch better way to play this team. Even, even Christian Watson is better. Well, I mean, he might not be better, but at his price, I think he's a better way to play it. Um, Connor, you I, had some good notes on Christian Watson earlier. Um, so yeah, I, I, I the, the problem with Watson is that it took him like into his fifth year right. to break out at a small school and he, he kind of is the profile of guys who just get overdrafted of like, Oh, he runs a great 40 time and he, he, he looks good in, 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 in the, uh, the senior bowl, but he, he never actually, or it took him a long time to produce as a, as a college player. And it's like, okay, well that, that's, a, that's a very kind of limited way that that, that, that can win. And I get, I guess one way to think about it, all right, Josh Jacobs goes. Kyler Murray went before that. I think it's got to be Burrow here, right? It's got to be Burrow. Right. I mean, there's no. We've already planted our flag on uh, <laughs> on Joe Burrow one uh, QB one season. Like, yeah. yeah, we we might as well honestly just be stacking all the Bengals as a, like opponents going forward. Well, this is why this is why I was trying to make a case for Rashad Bateman at five oh four because. You get two games against the Bengals, um, but I'm happy with Hawkinson too. But I mean, is this kind of the way you like to build your teams for these tournaments, Connor? With uh, going all in on on a team and their opponents, or do you like to be more diversified? It depends. I think I I really do think the Bengals are a special situation where uh, you you have this huge potential for essentially a projection error of where. 
uh, they're all being kind of valued based on these project projections. And there's this huge potential for the, the pass rate expectation to be wrong. Like you, you, uh, you saw how they, like I said, I, I mentioned the, the, um, the splits towards the end of the season where they pass a lot more often. And then there was that quote from Joe Burrow, uh, I think it was last week. And it's like, Oh, how, how do you guys plan to, uh, to play down at uh, play this year? And they're like, Oh, we're just going to throw deep to uh, our, our, our two big horses. Like that's how we're going to play. Uh-oh. And, um, January, I guess if for other teams, I think I would be a little bit more leery about spending kind of this early capital all on the one team. And um, just because it, it, it is hard for that to pay off, but just the fact that it could be so concentrated and um, yeah. the projections could be so wrong. And, and in fact, they're just so good. Like, I don't think, I don't think there's many teams or offenses that just have players with that kind of caliber. Like T, T. Higgins is probably the best receiver on 90% of NFL teams, whereas now he's the, the wide receiver too. Like Joe Burrow's easily one of the, in, in my opinion, easily one of the best quarterbacks in terms of uh, throwing the ball deep and, and making big plays. All right. The drafter at 101 double taps running back here with Damian Pierce and Devin Singletary. It's kind of hoping Singletary would, would hang around. That's a little bit earlier than I've seen him go. Uh, yeah, but I wanted to talk a little bit about the guy drafting out of the one or two because he took Jalen Hurst and doubled up with Derek Carr as a quarterback nine ahead of Trey Lance. Yeah. Um, so there's, I don't even know why. Yeah. And as the as the Debo owners, Lance would be pretty enticing at seven oh four. Although there are some interesting wide receiver targets on the board too. Well, there goes one of them. Yeah, there goes. I mean, Drake London was an interesting, you know, target. There's also uh, Elijah Moore. If you guys are interested in that. Um, okay, we're on the clock. Uh, there's Elijah Moore. There's Juju. I think Trey Lance makes a lot of sense as well. What do you guys think? I I really like uh, Trey Lance here. You good yeah. with that? Yeah, I'm good with that. My entire financial like fantasy season comes down to like Trey Lance just not being bad this year. I think um, <laughs> All right. on a on a, on a dollar weighted basis, I think I've got so much more to Trey Lance, and like I think I've got him on every other 125 team too. <laughs> this is a, like no, except for the one I'm doing really, with Juju. Really hard to pass on Juju. Dude. I know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, bit of a design. They have two elite QBs in the window. Um, that's uh, that's one of the things that that Connor has pointed out. It is such an easy way to give your team like a really big advantage, and almost right. no one does it. Right. It, it's it's one of the rarest things. And then the other thing as well, like, I think this is a point that, that Sean has kind of brought to light, is that the window really is moving up. Yeah. Um, like I, I, I wrote an article a, a few weeks ago that it used to be that you could do the late round QB, but that was when Cam Newton, like in his prime, Cam Newton was going around Matt Ryan. And that uh, that just is not happening anymore. Yeah. So if, if you're not getting that kind of caliber, then the, the whole strategy, the whole thesis is different. And I mean, the thing about Trey Lance there is like, okay, yeah, we got him in round seven, but the potential for him to beat, let's say, for example, fifth round Tom Brady, third round Josh Allen, like if he's even close to those guys, 
Yeah. Like this is just a fantastic pick. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's kind of it seems early seven oh four, but when you look at how many quarterbacks went off the board ahead of him, right? What are we talking? Two, four, six, eight, ten. He was the QB ten, so that's pretty good. Uh, Gogler just asked, "Do we worry about in-season management?" So I guess <laughs> this is best ball. So we, uh, we there's no in-season management. Essentially, our best pick, our best uh, squad every week is automatically going to be the one that plays. It's a um, good question, though. If this were a managed team, I think we definitely would not be taking right. No, take a second quarterback at all. Like really, yeah. what we're hoping for is that uh, we kind of ping pong off of Joe Burrow and Trey Lance uh, in the playoffs, so that uh, let's say Trey Lance and, and Debo Samuel's go nuts in Week 16, and that makes that that means that Jamar Chase is a low as a low advance rate player into the final, and then hopefully they uh, they go nuts in Week 17 again. Yeah. All right, this guy who took. Kelsey and Mahomes lets Juju slide again. I thought he might take him in the sixth round. He doesn't take him even in the seventh round. So, I mean, uh, is there some news we're missing? I'm yeah, sorry, I'm worried. But, but um, I mean, yeah, Juju was tempting to me at at uh, six oh nine. Right. And there goes Antonio Gibson earlier than he's been, but that's expected. Is that the way you guys would want to play the Commanders backfield now with Gibson? Um, with Gibson, I might be more interested in, yeah, but I mean, Gibson's probably the way to go, but it depends on how much people are willing to reach on him. Right. Not at that price. Probably like, uh, I mean, you just back to where he was like, and, and, and for those of you, and for those of you who aren't, um, aware or haven't heard Brian Robinson was unfortunately a victim of a, uh, Car burglary attempt, and he took multiple shots. Uh, was shot multiple times. Uh, luckily, thankfully, he's still doing well. Um, our thoughts and prayers are with him. Injuries they mentioned. He's in stable condition, but obviously, yeah. he's going to be. Uh, he's going to miss some some time. That's so tough as well. Like, yeah. can you imagine? Like, he really did like smash his like pre-draft expectation, and like absolutely crushed training camp reports that he's going to like displace like an established NFL player and then to have this happen is like it's so tragic it is so tragic because you I mean he he won that role he won that job right um there goes Juju finally at uh I didn't even know I'm maybe this is telling on myself I didn't even realize that uh uh Juju had a sore knee <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Joshua made a good point, just saying that he has a sore knee and is probably pushing him down. But I, I think that's one of those things where like these guys play football; they all have sore knees. <laughs> I promise you, all of their knees are sore. Yeah, yeah. I think I've been kind of just reading the juju soreness injury news as kind of like a non-issue because I'm still taking him. Well, obviously not, not when I can take Joe Burrow and Trey Lance. <laughs> right. It was just one of those things where the way we started uh, dictated. Yeah. But yeah, on another team, I probably would prefer Juju over both the quarterbacks, to be honest. Right. All right. So we see after we take Lance, Zach Ertz goes off the board, Elijah Mitchell, Ramondre Stevenson, Adam Thielen, David Montgomery, Antonio Gibson, Cordero Patterson uh, in the seventh round, seems early. Juju Smith Schuster, Cole Komet, and Hunter Renfro. 
any surprises there? I mean, Komet, obviously, like, he is, uh, you know, they don't have a ton of weapons in Chicago, so he might just get a lot of targets, but how are we a believer in in Komet breakouts? Komet. I think this is a classic case of empty targets. Yeah. That's always the concern with, with these guys on bad offenses. Like, even if you can yeah. project them for a lot of targets, what does that mean? I mean, I remember years ago, everyone was drafting, like, Pierre Garçon in the in the fourth round or something. And, uh, was it, was it, was it Dodger Sharp? There's another one. <laughs> oh, he was a Titan. He was on the Titans, I think. Um, yeah, Joshua makes a good new uh, – sorry, you were saying with Connor? Uh, no, I didn't, I didn't mean to interrupt. Oh, no, I was just going to say, Joshua has a couple of really good notes here in the chat where he says that Juju knee issues was uh, – it's been underreported by Beats. It's been going around since the first preseason game. This is kind of similar to what was happening to him while he was here in Pittsburgh. Um, I say that like he was hanging out at my house. No, it was happening to him during um, games. Lots of reports of him having fluid drained from his knees. Um, and, you know, Joshua also mentions like Waddle's injury news, nothing from the beach in the past two weeks. I do think Waddle's injury news is a little, like a little less concerning because he doesn't really have like a chronic history, uh, especially the, at the NFL level than, uh, than Juju does. And I, But I also think it's partially because uh, Miami's um, – uh, the beat reporters aren't. There's not a lot of them, if that makes sense. Um, uh, so I think that that's just by virtue of the fact that there's just not that many reporters or a lot of eyeballs covering it. Um, yeah. a lot, so just to after Cole Komet, Hunter Renfro goes, then Christian Kirk, then Elijah Moore. And I think that's finally because a lot of people are probably nervous because Flacco starting game one, that doesn't mean anything. Um, that. Team out of the 109 is interesting because they got Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, Travis Etienne, Dalton Schultz, Dallas Goddard, DK Metcalf, David Montgomery, and Elijah Moore. One thing that I think is notable about uh, this draft is that it's, it seems to be a lot closer to kind of like a, a main event slash football guys, ADP, where yeah. these running backs are going a lot earlier than, um, than they do in the slow drafts that I've been doing. Yeah. So um it's definitely leading to some uh, adp value at the other positions yeah that's but, true I but haven't... then on the other hand um when the mall going so early you, you, you really do have to figure out how do you how do you get your running backs i agree yeah and there's a few a little pretty... bit more in in best ball than i would in a managed league um, but yeah, like you said, it's been interesting because I've been adding players to the queue and almost invariably when we get close to the clock, all the top guys are wide receivers. But yeah, it is about time that we, uh, you know, in, in a managed league, I'd be happy pushing running back off until, you know, well into the double digit rounds almost. But, but here you want to get, you want to get that floor a little bit more. Uh, it's a little bit like, I, I mean, I think, I think the play for us here. Um, there's only one other wide receiver or two other wide receivers I'd be interested in uh, before taking a very long nap. Um, but, oh my goodness. Um, that was one of the running backs I was really hoping would fall to us was Rashad Penny. He goes to the team at the 106. Yeah. Uh, we're on the, we're on the clock. If you guys want to talk through it, I can finish my point later. Okay. So, I mean, I think that the running backs we like might come back. I'm looking at Brandon Ayuk or Devonte Smith here. Yeah. I'm in the same boat. I, I think it's Ayuk, right? Um, Ayuk, one second. Let me let me see if they play the the Niners at all. What's that? 
Let me see if they play against the. They don't play against either the Eagles or the Niners, so I'm fine with Ayuk. Yeah, but we have Lance. So oh, we have Lance. Oh, yeah, so that's fine. Two different stacks, and the one good thing is that both the um, both San Francisco and Cincinnati play against the NFC South this season. So if we wanted to kind of play some matchups, we could go with some cheap NFC South guys. Not that there are a lot of intriguing NFC South guys, but that, that that's a good point. Something to keep yeah. an eye on. I mean, there's a few, there's a couple of running backs who I think I'm very interested in who should come back here. Um, there's one I'm definitely kind of want um, um, ahead of the other. Are they in the queue? Oh, I, I don't have access to the queue, unfortunately. Oh, well, you should just sign in and then you can see it. <laughs> yeah, I have, I have, I have but one screen. I am very technologically disadvantaged. <laughs> put him, put him in the private chat. Uh, I'm trying. Um, uh, I have. I, I kind of have uh, a lot more interest, and in, you don't even have him in the queue. Well, he just get drafted. I assume he did. Yeah, he did. Uh, for the team out of the 103, takes Nick Chubb, J.K. Dobbins, Kareem Hunt, and Damian Harris. Uh, I, I will say, from a best ball perspective, taking Chubb and Hunt, and then hoping for a trade, is is not what I would do. Um, but Godspeed to this guy. Good God, Matt Sanders goes as well. Um, well, yeah, I mean, if this guy doesn't take Devontae Smith, he would be hard for me to pass up, even though we I do. don't think we can. I don't think we can pass him up. Oh, well, that's another guy I liked. He took George Pickens, but um, I, I, I have no interest in George Pickens ahead of Devontae Smith. Yeah, I think that that doesn't make a lot of sense. You want to go Smith here, and we'll just go. Extreme zero RB. Yeah, I mean, we, we might as well. Hey, this is a road of his stream. Let's do it. It feels like we're rolling back the years here. Where, uh, <laughs> all all, all, uh, all draft season, it's all been all about, oh, but the, the wide receivers go so much earlier now. Like, do we? how do we take advantage of that with running backs? Where now we're, we're, we're rolling back the clock. The running like, backs are, are steaming up the board. Yeah, the best wide receivers we can. We should be happy about this. I'm, I'm, I, I actually am happy about this because there's only so many running backs you can. I mean, you run out of wide receivers very, very soon. I think. Um, and there's a lot of running backs who I still want to take. That's true. Um, I mean, it right. looks like a really ideological draft that we've done here. Yeah, you know, we we like, really couldn't even. We, we we can't even help it. Look, man, this draft found us. This draft found us. We didn't go looking for it, okay? <laughs> like, like, look, That's we, so didn't, good. we didn't, we didn't, we didn't come in here, come in here expecting to be like, oh, we're gonna draft ideologically. No, that this was not our our intention. Yeah, yeah, this is gonna be the most uh, receiver heavy draft I I do all uh, all off season probably. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So you've got so you've got uh, Amari Cooper who goes. So you've got um, good job locking in eleven games of Jacoby Brissett under center. And if you really think they're gonna let him throw the football, good luck. Um, Kadarius Tony goes. This guy himself is uh, you know he played two hit one and a half right. good Kadarius games. Kadarius Tony last is year. great, but he never plays. Yeah, he's he's really good in theory. I like the theory. Of Kadarius Tony, he's just in practice. He's just not. Right. He's not a real person. Like, <laughs> like, like, he, like, like. Um, uh, he's dealing with like, like a hamstring issue that seems to have stuck around all year. I have no idea. Um, I mean, I know that there were like, uh, you know, people talked about him being kind of uh, immature and therefore leads to conditioning issues. But um, yeah, I have no idea what to make of that. It's interesting that uh, there were, we had this pocket where so many quarterbacks went, and now uh, now the, the quarterbacks are kind of like nowhere to be seen. Yeah, I guess everyone who wanted a quarterback got their guys. So it's there's now a bit of a <clears throat> bit of a lull. Yeah. So just so just out of curiosity, would you guys take back that Lance pick? I, don't, I mean, I don't think I would. No, he's going to be finishing QB two on the season. Yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy with the way the team has turned out for sure. Yeah, and I think that there's just I mean, at this point, like when you're looking at all the reaching that's currently going on, this at I mean, um a variety of at a variety of positions. Like I'm really not that concerned with uh reaching on um any running backs that we might be interested in. Right. Yeah. Like this is one of those drafts where yeah. um we know that the the ADP or the the average doesn't really apply here. We're like we're we're now trying to how do we make the best team given we know the dynamics of this draft? Yeah, and it's like sometimes that does mean hey, this is this is above where they normally go, but um, it's the best pick for this team. Right. Yeah, and we just have to accept that. I mean, like this, I would be very dumbfounded. If teams from out of the 101 uh, took another running back, if only because they have JT, Damian Pierce, Devin Singletary, and James Cook uh, r- locking up that entire Buffalo backfield. Uh, not not sure why. Um, <laughs> one or two went CMC, Leonard Fournette, and also they took Miles Sanders, but they also reached on Derek Carr. So uh, not sure why they did that. Um Team 103 has, as I mentioned before, Nick Chubb, J.K. Dobbins, Kareem Hunt, and Damian Harris. 
if they take another running back here, I have no idea why. They also took George Pickens earlier than Devonta Smith, Amari Cooper, Kadarius Stoney, Chris Olave, Nuke, etc., etc. I like this comment. Um, yeah, there's there's a good comment here in the chat. Back to back QBs in a zero RB build seems suboptimal, and by suboptimal, I mean bad. Um, so the good news is is that Trey Lance actually is an RB, so we're okay. <laughs> That's a special flex spot that he, we get to use him in a running back score or a quarterback, depending on which one we want. Yeah, yeah, but the but the but the thesis behind the play here is we only wanted to roster two quarterbacks in this best ball draft, so um, we're done. Like we're not going to be taking any more quarterbacks. Like you know, people can take their uh, Trevor Lawrence's and Justin Fields's, and we we wouldn't be too concerned. Well, I I think the other part of it is is that. If you are going to if you're going to to pass up on running back for as long as we have until uh um until du- double digit rounds, well then you really do have to you have to be awesome at oh, yeah. the other, other positions. And so we're that that's kind of what we're doing. We're going to be awesome at receiver, we're going to be awesome at quarterback, and hopefully awesome at tight end. And by the way, we're still going to be good at running back. Team 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 110 uh just takes Kenneth Walker. So they've got Najee Harris, Joe Mixon, AJ Dillon, Cordero Patterson, and also Kenneth Walker. There's a lot of teams here that should be stopping at five running backs, but do you think they will? No. <laughs> I mean it's it this, this is the uh one one of the interesting things about FFPC is that um you have the two running backs and then the two flex spots. And so we would normally see it as like, oh hey. Uh, the receivers are projected for more points, so it's it's kind of really three, three or more uh, receivers you want starting every week. Whereas, um, I guess there there are people who who will see that more along the lines of, oh hey, the running backs are the best picks, so I want to, I want to to start four running backs every week, and so, um, then you, then you, you don't just stop at five running backs, you, you you go or six or seven, and I think that we're gonna we're definitely gonna see. A few teams do that where we would not see it as uh we would see it as suboptimal as uh, as ghosty likes to say yeah that's that's true um I, I i will probably say that there's there's um yeah rick crew mentions if eno is in the rb1 for this team then what are we here for um <laughs> i i i will say that that uh this is a very fair point and if you saw my Eno exposure for the third year in a row, <laughs> you'd be very worried. Um, I mean, now it's just only superseded by my Trey Lance exposure. Um, guy who I've been very nervous about. Hassan, this is the year. Th- this the year. year. Did it work for those uh, people? No. But it might work for it us. Might, it might work for us. I'm actually, I'm actually fine because like, I know that there's, and I acknowledge that there's a very big blind spot that I have. And so I'm not gonna let my own personal biases like truly color color my my um uh you know picking him. And I think there's a very 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 clear cut pick here for us. Yeah. Um. It in the private chat. Um. Right at the top of the queue, or is it the second guy in the queue? No, it's it's the first guy right at the top of the queue. Um. All right, we're not now. I think we're talking. Yeah, we can talk about it. A guy um, who made. Maybe kind of a surprise addition to Sean's zero RB list. Um, yeah. He's not, he's not the profile that I usually see, but Melvin Gordon. Yeah, Melvin Gordon fits his build perfectly. Um, 
uh, I, I will say it's it was surprising to see Kenny Gainwell go to the team that has Austin Eckler, Aaron Jones, Elijah Mitchell, Rashad Penny, and then also Kenny Gainwell. I don't know what they're getting from Kenny Gainwell in that. In that, in that. Uh, are you good with Melvin Gordon here? We're on the yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He's the pick. Easy pick. Right. Easy. Sorry. Go ahead. Now nah, you're good. Uh, I was just saying, like, I don't like, and this kind of goes back to what Connor's point was, was um, I don't know why a team with Austin Eckler, Aaron Jones, Elijah Mitchell, and Richard Penny is taking Kenny Gainwell before considering, uh, you know, a tight end, um, uh, specifically um, Alberto Kuno. Uh, I can never pronounce it, Alberto. Um, but there he goes. Yeah, yeah he just went right. Up, uh, tight end through the first 10 rounds of the draft and a, a tight end premium does not seem uh, like the it's, way to go. That is suboptimal, friends. That is suboptimal. Um, going to crank a purple here, though. Yeah. Uh, Patrick Mullins asks, why in managed leagues are people willing to push RB later in zero RB builds than a best ball league? Uh, so that's actually a good question, a fair question, and that's because in a best ball league, you don't have access to the waiver wire. So people do want to feel a little bit safer with uh, establishing a floor at either one or both running back spots before taking flyers. Um, so it definitely does open that. Uh, there's like a fear to that, if, if that makes sense. Um, and that, uh, and that's you know, in the opposite sense of that is we're also as a community very good at knowing who the you know top twelve running backs might actually be. Uh, we're much shakier at receiver. Um, so as you can see, Team 101 is is uh, a fear-based drafter. Uh, you got Jonathan Taylor, uh, Damian Pierce. This guy just seems to love drafting guys from the same backfield because he just took Naheem Hines. Um, so his entire team is Jonathan Taylor, Tyreek Hill, Keenan Allen, Justin Herbert, Marquise Brown. Then it's Damian Pierce, Devin Singletary, James Cook, Pat Freermuth, Trevor Lawrence, and Naheem Hines. Um uh, we just take Darrell Henderson. Burks and Rashad White go. Darrell Henderson. We might also want to consider a tight end here. Um, I don't know how likely Gerald Everett is to make it back to us. He might make it back. He's been sliding. Um, just trying to refresh the command center here. Gives him a 46% chance to make it back. Yeah. But I mean, if not, if yeah. not, um, I think I think Higby, Fant are all good backstops. Okay. All right, you want Henderson then? Yeah. Connor? Yeah, I think Henderson is a pick here. All right. Yeah, I mean, the thing about um, managed leagues, I mean, a lot of times when you think about best ball, you think that because you're not making those sit-start decisions that you can you can take more risks and you can let the kind of um, the best ball element kind of help you out there. But it's actually not, I think, the best way to think about it because – the other part of best ball is that you're not able to drop players who are underperforming. You're not able to replace them. Whereas since you can do that in a managed league, it actually is a, uh, is a format that's a little bit more um, conducive to the sort of risk taking that, uh, that you would want to do by pushing your, pushing your RBs as far down the board. Well, not as, not as far down the board as you can, but farther down the board than, well, the, the the other thing as well is uh, we're much our, our our the belief is that we're much. Or sorry, no, not the belief. We are much better at projecting uh, running back performance week to week. Right. And so you can do that in a way and managed where, like, 
you you can have a decent idea of how much each running back will score, and then you you find you do find weeks where there's guys that we're not even thinking about right now, like they're way down the the, the draft board, way down the queue, and um, that will be projected for fifteen to twenty points in season and in manage. You basically you have more access to those type of guys. There's where, way more flexibility in managed. Whereas in uh, in best ball, it's one of those things where the the, the the volatility that you need is almost in kind of like some of the role players uh, to get you true stuff. Where it's like, okay, well, this guy only plays on, on passing downs or he has this kind of role. And then there's going to be weeks where that's a big part of the offense and there's going to be weeks where it has, it's a small part of the offense. But you kind of really do you, – you need guys that – you know we're going to be on the field at, at, over a certain percentage of the snaps. And so you, you, you can't just kind of like pass through that where you, you're much, it's that much easier and more palatable in, uh, in managed. And as we're talking, Romeo Dobbs goes off the board. He feels like a, like a value at in the 11th round now. Uh, I, don't, I don't think so. You don't think so? I mean, no. well, in like, uh, I mean, I mean, I mean, in this draft, he's absolutely a value where he like that's kind of where he should be going. But like, also, um, I do like the way that team has approached their build, though. Like, just just to recap for audio guys, um, Travis Kelsey, Cal Pitts, Michael Pittman, Mike Williams, um, Patrick Mahomes, Jerry Judy, Ramondre Stevenson, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, Chris Olave, Russell Gage, and Romeo Dobbs. And just I was noticing as you mentioned that going back to. Connor's point about getting two quarterbacks in the window. We see basically one, two, three, four, five, six teams who have decided not to do that. Yeah. I mean, and and the other teams may decide also after to not do it. Like yeah. those teams that have taken two in the window, they could easily take a third quarterback too. That's true. Yeah. And one of them was was a very big reach from ADP and Tom Brady. Um, as QB4. Right. No, QB5. Oh, Isaiah Pacheco goes to the team that started with three running backs. <laughs> what do you think of Pacheco in the 11th? I mean, when he's going in like the seventh round in main events, at what point does he become interesting again? How far does he have to fall before you guys would take him? Uh, 13th. Yeah. I mean, I was saying in some of our chats before that I'm someone who likes to likes to kind of buy into all the preseason hype. So Pacheco, you know, I mean, he was getting steamed so much. It's hard to, it's hard to be a buyer at, at the prices that he was at, but, um, but he's getting that buzz. Makes me want to have some exposure. Yeah. But like hmm? the biggest thing for me about Pacheco is that, um, so he he has all the, the physical attributes and stuff like that. But when it comes to functional on the field stuff, um, he hasn't been very good. Like he was, like he was bad in college, and then you see, uh, you see that the kind of the film takes on him of all these mistakes he's making. Um, it almost it, what it makes me think is that um, so he has the kick returner stuff, and then he looks he he gets into into training camp when they're not wearing pads and he looks so good, and they're like, oh, how does he how does he look so good here? when he didn't produce in college well maybe it was just because Rutgers are so bad that that's what happened so how do we find that out 
we play him with the starters in preseason and we see what happens. How does he look then? And I, I unfortunately for him, he, I, I don't think he has looked very good uh, with the starters. So for me, that's one of those things of like, okay, well, he, he might, he probably does have this good week one role, but other than uh, uh, CEH levels of stubbornness, it's, it's just really hard for me to see him be a player to help somebody win to win this tournament for those of you who are uh, not able to see that pick at 1201 it was irv smith you we could scroll down on that draft board yeah that's a, i mean oh, i'm oh, not yeah. I'm, I, <laughs> are either of you guys are any of you guys uh michael carter goes to the same team that has yonder swift javante williams scam makers james robinson and michael carter oh my god man this is a very rb hungry room which is fine <sighs> Yeah. I, I just got I just got really comfortable with getting a lot of these guys. So like, you know, seeing this, it's a little bit more frightening um, because like there's a whole bunch of like there's not really a whole bunch of the handful of receivers I really want. But I think there's still some interesting running backs on the board, sure. and this is kind of the range where you know a lot of the interesting wide receivers got got cleaned out. I, I don't know. There's like one left, I think. One interesting wide receiver left, but like Right. I know the one you're talking about. Definitely very interesting at this pick. Um, but I think given our our, our start, um Yeah. I, I I see I see the queue there. Um with the exception of the second player in the queue, I think these are those are all really good picks for us. And uh, if we got yeah. two of those four, uh, I'd be really happy. I think I'm yeah. the guy who's fourth in the queue right now, just because of the way the rest of the draft is likely to is likely yeah. to go how our build currently looks. Like getting yeah. four and five right here would actually be a good a good way to shore up the team. Yeah. Okay. Ray Crew makes a good point. Uh Pacheco could potentially just be Nile Nile Davis is sort of a nice size seed profile, just can't put it together. Yeah, it also probably would explain why he's like a seventh round pick. Um I think that's a great comp. Yeah, I think that's a really good comp. Um, I mean, there were moments in preseason where you just see Patrick Mahomes like motioning to like massive holes, and Pacheco's running the wrong way, um, and it's it's just I don't know, it's just kind of funny and sad. Um, I was gonna ask you guys what you guys thought of Rojo um, and his. Do you think he's done enough to make the make the roster, uh, or or what? I think that there's teams who would pick him. Is still on the board. I know, yeah. I know. <laughs> Nobody should draft him. Just leave him for us. I know. I was just, just, just let us take all the bad run. I mean, at this point, like, why would you like a lot of these teams that have five or six running backs? Why would you take another running back? Um, okay, Algier was someone we were looking at. He goes. I think this really pushes us towards your uh, your your plan, Blair. Yeah, yeah, there's just one guy who, if he makes it up, oh, and he did. Okay, so I was saying we should probably take a tight end, but there's a wide receiver who I don't want to miss either. Yeah, I don't want to miss it, the wide receiver either. Um, the tight end might actually make it back. to. I don't think it makes it back from, like, Team 103, but, like, I would much rather have that wide receiver than, than like, thinking we've got a chance that that, like, maybe that tight end works out. You know what I mean? Because there's a couple of other tight ends who are kind of, like, here. So we're talking Garrett Wilson or Gerald Everett. What do you think, Connor? I think I think it's. Um, I liked your idea of uh, of 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 double t- trying to double top tight ends. 
Um, but um, it would be it would be interesting. I, I'm down for Garrett Wilson. Yeah, you're, you're leaning toward Wilson, Hassan. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, look at it. Yeah, I mean, it gets pretty thin at tight end. If Gerald Everett goes in the next six picks, then you're looking at Noah Fant, maybe. Oh, Fant just went. Oh, well, never mind. <laughs> the drop um, room immediately punishes us. What's that? I said yeah, the drop yeah. room immediately punishes us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, they can punish us, but we'll be punishing them. Like, <laughs> very much mm-hmm. like the game to play. Because, um, like, the, the one good thing about basketball is. Uh, you're never worried about what a sit start decision for you looks like as long as you stack enough upside on your on your roster. Um, like you really are like you can over like in in managed leagues if you're if you're facing some kind of you know super intense running back scores, you're worried about not being able to overcome them. Over here, you can. You're you're not worried about really what the weekly variance looks like. You're not worried about losing head to head matchups, right? Because there there are weeks where you will be out of it, and then you're out of your you know four positions or five positions. Your wide receivers will pull up 110 points, and all of a sudden you're like way back in it. Um, so it's so it's fascinating to see people really shun a position that has gained a lot of steam. Uh, you know, all off season. This is this really does feel like a very old school draft. No, that's a very surprising pick. Uh, Austin Hooper. Yeah, yeah. It just it just is setting us up for heartbreak, though, as we come around. Come around. <laughs> it is um, it's setting us up for heartbreak. Oh boy, this guy's not gonna. Well, oh, he's no, he made it. Oh wow, yeah, he did. All right. Well, I guess it's Everett here then, right? Yeah. Yeah. Easily. All right. Um, um, you'd feel better with having probably one more tight end. I think a lot of the research yeah. you've done, Connor, has right. We need three. three tight ends is usually a good way to go, especially with the twentieth, with the nineteenth and twentieth roster spot. Right. Um, let me ask you something there, and and this could be wrong on my part. It feels this year that we have this huge collection of viable like last round stabs at tight end that um if things break right really have the potential to to hit in a a big way is that just that something where it's felt like that every year for you or is there something to what i'm saying um it definitely has not felt like that every year to me although i don't know that i would agree that it feels like that this year either so maybe give me some names and then i'll <laughs> although we don't okay want to... maybe maybe yeah maybe have that conversation there yeah later in the... <laughs> i mean i've added some guys to the queue who are going way late including one that's way too high on our queue but um <laughs> likely too high <laughs> yeah he's likely too high we just took him. We, we we had to force him in the seventeenth, in the sixteenth round. Seventies round. Wow, uh, this team got to win. Uh, took Zamir White. I do like their their uh, their team a little bit. Um, I wonder who the owner is. Their name is Shweddy Balls. There you go. Sometimes well, they're our uh, zero RB brethren. Yeah, they are. <laughs> and then they took Zamir White. They, they they did a good job with the bully tight end, but they did not go to QB in the uh, in the in the window. Yeah, there's a there's a perception a bit that if you take a, an early quarterback 
that you've invested yeah. in that quarterback, and so you should really be pushing your QB two to the end. Whoa, but, Isaiah likely in the thirteenth. All right, somebody is uh, listening. I guess we were not playing enough with that uh, one. There's, there's no way, dude. Like, look at their team. It's <laughs> Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, Travis Etienne, Dalton Schultz, Dallas Goddard. I'm DK so Mecca. glad we got it. Gerald Everett when we did. I know. It's yeah. like the motor of all tight end runs. I know. I mean, there's no way Garrett Wilson would have made it to like the 14th round, but it would have been almost really interesting to do. I mean, Pant wouldn't have made it back, obviously, since he was taken right after we took Wilson. Right. And Tree may have taken Everett instead of... Uh... Yeah, that's true. It's, it's interesting to see a team with only three wide receivers but four tight ends. Like They want to win in any way they can without taking a receiver. Although there's a very obvious receiver pick here who I don't think anyone is like taking. There are two very obvious receiver picks here. Well, three. For especially for that team that only has three wide receivers ahead of Isaiah Likely, but they're also a team that could have used uh two, you know, they might be going three quarterback. I have no interest in any of these quarterbacks going late. Because I think in this in this format, especially, they kind of turn a bit into roster cloggers. Like you really want to free up those roster spots for other positions. So just update since our Everett pick, we've seen four tight ends go off the board: David Njoku, Robert Tunyon, Isaiah Likely, Evan Ingram. All seem a lot early than a lot earlier than you would expect them to go. Um, there are a lot of teams that I mean, there's one team that already has four tight ends. Um, uh, JD McKissick, go. That's what I was hoping will come back. No, yeah, no team yet with with uh, no other team with three yet. So, uh, but the, what's interesting is that team with JD McKissick has six running backs now, and those are DeAndre Swift, Javante Williams, Cam Akers, James Robinson, Michael Carter, and JD McKissick. Um, McKissick is pretty much redundant to that team. Like, I'd be yeah. very shocked if McKissick ever cracks his starting lineup. And like they could have receiver four is Jacoby Myers. Yeah, they could have used another wide receiver. Like, like this is like the issue with snagging all of these wide receiver like running backs is that eventually you run into truly diminishing returns, where a guy like McKissick could put up eleven or twelve PPR points, but then if your faith in your other early early running backs is so low, then I don't know why you're drafting them. I do. Uh, I really like how our team has gone so far, though. Um, yeah. Yeah. One one thing that I, I like that even though we did pass on running back until the tenth round, Melvin Gordon and, and Henderson, they are the type I think the type of players that really do give us the weekly floor uh this to start the year. And um hopefully uh, most are going there is a bummer. Yeah, yeah. Get here's here's another team that I think is you know structural error. They take three running backs in the first three rounds. And then follow it up with the running back in the seventh round, and then they still also take Isaiah Pacheco and Raheem Mustard. Like I don't understand what those picks are doing for them, but this is the same team that has only three wide receivers. Yeah, yeah. and they took and one, and, and, yeah, and, and, and one quarterback. One quarterback. So like, so like this is the this yeah six so this, receiver uh, running backs, three receivers, and one quarterback. It's an interesting start, to say the least. Yeah. Uh, Blair, I'm axing this guy out of the queue, um, if only because he's going to do nothing for us. I mean, I was adding some receivers on there just uh, just because they're interesting names. Who are you axing out? I I axed out uh, Jamison Williams, who won't be back until like November. I have no interest in him on this team. 
Plus a like veto. He, he'll be a redundant yeah. asset as well. We don't need to we don't need him to be good at the beginning of the season. No, we just I mean we don't need him, period. Well, he could be awesome in the playoffs. Um I disagree. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, he's definitely a tough pick. I think uh man. Uh, but you added a different Williams on the same. Yeah, team. I mean, yeah. I kind of, I kind of hate, like, I kind of hate it. But like, we can, we can avoid him if you want. But well, the guy I have at the top of the queue. Oh, we're on the clock. I mean, yeah, you know, uh, I mean, we could take Tyrion Davis Price as well, but he's been falling a bit. I think Eno's getting steamed. He could. Yeah. I mean, these guys are all kind of likely to come back, but. No interest in. I mean, we could, we could, yeah. I mean, one of these guys is coming back. Like all of them, are, possibly all of them are coming back. I just don't. I just don't like a lot of the running backs before and before these guys. You know. Yeah, I know what you mean. What you I'm, think, I'm down to uh, to make an ideological pick. All right. I, yeah, I mean, I'm good with it. If you want, if, if you want, we should go with it. If this team wins, yeah, wins the first prize, we don't want to have it be a team without you know. Yeah, I know. Um, I, I would never live it down. Um, uh, so we, we do think Eno's ahead of Keontae, right? Someone talked me into that. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, Keontae? Talk you into it? I don't know. I don't know how I could. I mean, I think the you know all the the stuff we've been hearing from Kingsbury is is good on Eno, and we know he's a good prospect. I think when those two things align... That's more than enough reason to draft him. Right. And it's like we talked about before where uh, in a draft like this, you do have to uh, uh, not ignore, but put less emphasis on ADP because it's like, okay, what's the draft pick that makes this team the best? Yeah. I mean, we're we're in the range where you just got to throw ADP out the window anyway. Right. There's like one. I mean, we could probably wait on wide receiver because there's one guy who I'm going to put in the private chat who I'm really, really interested in. Um, oh, I, I, I think I honestly think that we're done at receiver for a while. For a while, yeah. And I just put this guy's name in, and I think he could be a 20th round pick because I just think he'd be falling there. Yeah, I think we can take. I mean, with only having two quarterbacks, we'll probably want another tight end, but I think we could get away with one more receiver. Possibly two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah, we, I mean, we definitely one, but we only need one. Wait, what are we doing? Really force my arm to 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 draft a uh, a receiver here. Yeah, no, <laughs> there's a few other like guys happening. Yeah, there's a, there's like a bunch of running backs I'd rather have. All right, let's move. Let's take this guy off the queue so we don't accidentally get him. Oh man, I'd so much rather have this guy who's at number two than the put, person you put in the. In the chat. All right. Uh, so we have Tyrion Davis Price. We could go McKinnon. Could go Jamal Williams, who is um, Hassan's guy. What do you think? Make the case for Jamal Williams, Hassan. Uh, just the fact that he's probably going to be splitting with with Swift, probably be similar, sixty five, thirty five, probably probably some like cheap TD equity. Um, you think he'll uh, be like the pass catching guy, or or is I think more. I think he's no. I think he's gonna get some run, man. Like, I think he's gonna be sixty forty, um, and not not a lot of standalone value. I mean, I'm okay with TDP as well or Jack McKinnon. What do you think, Connor? 15 Connor, seconds. fifteen seconds. Let's go. I would have gone with TDP, but I'm fine yeah, with Jamal. Let's too. go. Yeah, let's go. We we can go with Jamal and see what comes back. I don't know. All right, Jamal. It's, it's such a boomerish pick, but 
he's the one that is like usually going earlier than this so right that's to get that to get that small value on him the uh the 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 reason to pick him is that he does have a tree down profile yeah um i did hear something that he he had he played through an injury when he did play last year Mm. so that could uh that could explain some of like uh the 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 splits with swift um but yeah he has the, the true down profile if we do think i know or i know we've talked about it that uh detroit could be a lot better on offense this year and so he could be someone who could take advantage of that um he is our third running back uh sorry our four, i should say fourth running back um so and he is a little bit he is a little bit of a floor play which um is is there is would would have been the reason not to draft him, and I think that with that we really do want to be swinging for defenses on our next yeah. running back picks. Yeah, I agree. Like, we can't be worrying about floor anymore. Like, I agree. We've got we've got a bunch of guys who are uh, who are like solid, but right, an injury will not give us the kind of ceiling we need. So, like Jamal, I think could be someone where if there is an injury. Like because he does have the third at uh, the, the tree down profile, he could be someone where you, you do get something interesting there, but it, it's not like hey, this guy is gonna this guy's alive for 25, 30 points. It's more like oh, he could be alive for 20. Yeah, he's the kind of guy that you'd rather have. <laughs> I think in general, you'd rather have him on a managed team because you know when you're gonna be able to start him, usually, right? But he definitely has value if Swift gets hurt. And probably even if he doesn't. And so maybe that correlates. Uh, I don't know. And uh, maybe that correlates a little bit with our T.J. Hawkinson pick. Uh, yeah. Their their contingent value is a little bit correlated. Right. I know normally and they're both... running back and tight end don't correlate well, but maybe in this case it might. Yeah. If Swift if Swift gets hurt, maybe tight end tight end and running back two are a little bit better correlated than. Right. Or B one and T one. Right. You have to look into that. That's an interesting thought. All right. Got some interesting tight end QB picks. Some of these teams finally getting their second QB. The guy who took Mahomes in the fifth gets Mac Jones in the 15th, which is a pick that I actually don't hate, but it's uh, you know, not structurally what, what we usually like to do in these best ball leagues. Deshaun Watson uh, in the 15th does seem uh, not great. So yeah. essentially, you're going to have to rely on Aaron Rodgers and whoever else you're, you're now forced to take right. through 13 weeks. Right. I think that that pick actually makes a lot more sense if you get someone like a John Mahomes. Allen or a Mahomes, who you would expect that QB to be your starter most weeks anyway. And then right. Deshaun Watson is almost a lot Right. Yeah, I, I, I think that's interesting. That makes sense for sure. Rodgers, I don't know if he's there without Devontae Adams. I don't know if he's got that. Right. Ability. Well, when they're talking of their running backs, they're like, oh, our running, we lost our wide receiver, but our running backs are great. Our defense is great. Well, <laughs> maybe it's not a career year for the quarterback. Yeah. Let me scroll down. So um, is this a uh, look down upon to uh, be showing the uh, the names of these drafters? I don't know. I, know, I, I know, mean, it's... Yeah. I mean, I think it's a, it should be looked down upon because some of it's kind of just outright embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, like 
Like, I would not want my name associated with taking Swift, Javante Williams, and Cam Akers, and following it up with James Robinson, Michael Carter, J.D. McKissick, and Mark Ingram. I don't think I would want that. This is why I love going on shows with you, son. But, like, he also took Jamison Williams as his fifth wide receiver who's not going to play until November. Like Playoff hammer. He's not making the playoffs. Not with that. <laughs> not the NFL playoffs, the fantasy playoffs. No, He's not even making those. He, this guy is not making it out of this league. Uh, I think, uh, well, I don't know. You know, you drafted this team. You must be happy to put your name, put your name on it. No, I mean, we've, we've really, um, I mean, Jamison Williams ahead of KJ Hamler and Jalen Tolbert, right? Like that's. Well, both Hamler and Tolbert should be going earlier. Yeah. No doubt about that. Yeah. Watson ahead of those two as well, which is incredibly, very strange, perplexing. Yeah, that's uh, like, like the reason Watson not is... to take Hamler is because of the injury. But Christian Watson has also been injured. And the reason not to take Talbert is because he's a rookie and they're so like hard to reject. But that's also true about Watson. Yeah, yeah. Well, it would be pretty nice if we get back uh, back to our pick and the guys we wanted are are still there, which is looking more likely. I don't want to jinx it, but I mean, in this room, we haven't been. Uh, well, there goes McKinnon. All right, I should stop talking. I mean, you we should have it. a backstop, man. We should have a back. I mean, one, two. That's see, like. Serenity now does have a good team. Uh, so just to give you guys uh, who are listening an idea, it's Derek Henry, Devonte Adams, George Kittle, Ezekiel Elliott, Lamar Jackson, Alan Lazard, who he over overdrafted, Adam Thielen. Also, I don't know, I don't know why. I think there's actually him. a very, very, very obvious pick here. Oh yeah, no, we were talking about him last round. He's he's absolutely the pick. Um, yeah. Is it the guy we were talking about last round? Oh, one hundred percent. What if right. what if I true at uh, Chris Evans? I kind of like that. We've made this huge bet on the Bengals. Now, obviously, Samaje would be there too. But um, if we're gonna, I guess we we should consider uh, uh the 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 49ers guy too. But in uh, terms of like who has this contingent value that could really come into play in the playoffs? Yeah. Um. So did you get the guy Javier is mentioning? Yeah. Even though we don't need receiver. Even we don't need receiver. That's the issue. Um, so, 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 so do you prefer the do you prefer the Bengals guy or do you prefer the Diners guy? Yeah. I'm more excited about uh, Chris Evans, honestly, than TDP. But And I guess Evans is kind of a bet on, like, Mixon getting hurt, which would help. But change. P. Ryan is going to play ahead, though. I don't know. I think I think we'll get both though. If you want to take if you want to take TDB first and then Evans, I think we I think we get both because Davis Price at the top of the actual queue. All right, uh, doesn't matter. TDB we just went. Oh, you guys took Price. I just switched it. It was like one second ago, and I was like, "Oh yeah, you're right." Um, and well, I, I, I I actually clicked draft Davis Price. <laughs> okay. Oh, nice. <laughs> this is the I had it covered both ways. Um. I just, I just like again, like this is where I get really confused because like these are teams who have loaded up on running back much earlier, but they're not confident in their own bet, so they keep drafting more. Yeah. Right. So, so it's like, like at some point, like if you're not willing to step back and logically think about what you're doing as you're going through this draft, especially in a best ball draft, then it doesn't like it does. Like I think a best ball draft in its purest sense is. um is an exercise in optimizing your 20 slots. 
Yeah. That's what it is. Right. We really wanted Mustard. We had him at the top of our queue. He just uh, went before he came back to us. I yeah, but I, I was hoping we would get him in the 14th. I think it's not even clear that Chase is ahead of but, him, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, but like that's the thing is that I don't understand how a team that takes four running backs in the first seven rounds drafts Pacheco and Mostert. Like, where does that, like, why? Like, are you not confident in those first three picks and why did you make them? You know, you know what I mean? Like, just like, just from, um, it's not, from, uh, yeah. But it's especially bad when that team also has basically no receivers. Like even even their top guys, I think, have major question marks. Metcalf and Elijah Moore. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. A- it's. I mean, you can't be confident with those guys as your first two receivers, right? Because um, like you, like this is where you let the draft get away from you a little bit. Is is where you're making those early running back picks. Then it's just like you either got to do what. Um, well, I guess none of these teams did it here, but I guess kind of what one or two tried to do with taking McCaffrey and Leonard Fournette early, but then took Miles Sanders in the ninth. There goes Bellinger, who I think is maybe one of the guys you were talking about, Connor, who's yeah, right, a tight end stab. And I do agree with that. Although I think I'd want who oh, and McBride is another one. I think uh, I McBride just meant, yeah. I think I'd want them both to be a little bit cheaper, even than this. Although I mean, seventeenth yeah. is like who cares. Uh, do you guys have any interest in Ernest Johnson over Chris Evans? Or well, there goes Ernest Johnson. He just got taken. Uh, well, that reminds me to go Chris Evans. No, no. After he got no? taken ahead of us, no, he's shit. Don't want him. <laughs> <laughs> when we dropped him, yeah, he's great. <laughs> I think Evans is a good pick here. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, so this is what I meant, right? Like we were going to get him on the way back. We do need a third tight end, though. All right, let's do it. And and the, the, having Samaji there as a backstop was uh, was the other reason to like oh even yeah. if he goes ahead of us well we could still get Samaji the next round. Yeah. All right, at this point we need we probably want to take a third tight end, and I don't think we want to take two running backs. So um, we should. Either you don't think we need a one or maybe even two receivers? You don't think we'll need a? You don't think an eight running back is a a good? Uh, you miss. I, uh, I think it it limits your upside a little bit. So I'd rather have. I'd rather do like seven, eight, or even six. Yeah, nine. yeah, that makes sense. No, no, that absolutely no, that that makes sense. I was gonna say that there's only one wide receiver I can really like. I really think would want. Um, although had I seen this guy at the top of the queue, I might have been pushing for him. But I I can say his name because he's not coming back. Um, I'm very surprised to see Michael Hardman still sliding. Yeah, he, uh, of all the players that would slide, uh, he's one I have an e- kind of an easier time with. And yeah, just because. I mean, I mean, you you would take Michael Hardman ahead of Corey Davis, right? Yeah, like right. But like, then people where... people can convince themselves, oh, hey, Corey Davis could be in line to to be a starting receiver, whereas mm-hmm. McCall's like, okay, well, they know he has these things that he's good at, and he's not really good at anything else. Yeah. I mean, I I see the story that you can tell yourself, but like, right? I just struggle with the with the with the not taking the seven rounds of value on him or whatever it is now. And um, I'm gonna you kick Tyquan Thornton out of the queue because he's uh yeah he's hurt. Oh, that was a misclick. Actually, I was trying to. Uh, oh no, I'm also not interested in Ty Montgomery anymore. I think he's hurt too as well. Yeah, yeah, pretty, a pretty bad one. He was carted off. Yeah. I'm gonna take Samaje off 
Yeah, that's fine. We don't, we don't need to. Yeah, there's a good question here by Goblor. Any interest in Janu or rather get Dilsich? Um, yeah, interest in both of them because we do need a third tight end. We've been talking a little bit about that. We've gotten a little complacent of that position, uh, if only because we've we we were fortunate to get two very very high like tight ends that we were ranked on, so we kind of push it late a little bit. What do you guys think of? Uh... Man, these are these are some some pretty gross names. I was about to say Adam Troutman. And I actually uh-huh. say his name. No, I was going to say I was... vomit, so you have to stop. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask you guys what are your thoughts on Rojo? Rojo, if only because if he gets cut, like with the asymmetric upside, like just from a risk-adjusted basis, um, like if one of these teams like ahead of us takes him, then like I I've no idea what they're doing in this room. Um, uh, but I was I wanted to get your thoughts on on like the idea of you know him either making the Chiefs' roster and we being okay with that because so you look pretty good for him is that mm-hmm. he's he's really really good at running the ball but he doesn't offer a team anything else and uh, like he doesn't play special teams they they don't really trust him in the passing game but if he gets on the field he he's gonna score points because he is that good at rushing. Yeah, but like oh. you could also see him getting caught and making it on someone else's roster, right? And there right. goes Nicole Hardman finally goes um, uh, as wide receiver. I mean, that is just ridiculously late. That team got really bailed mm-hmm. out because their wide receivers are, um, well, the Curtin Sutton and Michael Thomas, Hunter Renfro, Robert Woods, Devontae Parker, Christian Watson, and Nicole Hardman. And Kenny Galladay goes. Josh asks, how are you guys attacking the Colts tight end room? Yeah. The answer is we're not. Yeah, <laughs> just, they, the entire team is a bit of a blind spot for me. I think the, the big thing about them is that they do use their tight ends, but they use they always split it up. Like there's never been there's never been actually not never recently there hasn't been one guy to like control stuff. And yeah, and it's not like there's anyone there that's like the superstar that is going to make them do it. So when when they when um. A team splits it up that much. It's it's just it's 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 hard to be enticing. I wonder that team's on 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 order now. They they just ordered the last two picks. Yeah, Mo Ali Cox was a really fun pick last year, uh, but that that dream kind of died for me anyway. Died pretty pretty hardcore for me too. But yeah, I think I I definitely think we have a a very interesting decision point. Mm. Yeah, this next pick. Lots of guys that are really fun picks here. Um, we did talk about Kieran Williams, but would we take him with uh, Henderson? Yeah, uh, probably doesn't make a lot of sense. I think. Um, I mean, you could see that as like a bat completely fading acres. Yeah. Then you're capturing all the running back rushing expected points and receiving points. Yeah. I just wonder if it if it limits your upside too much by not giving right. you shots at like that real breakout. Right. Like we want us the Sony Michelle uh, workload in the playoffs, sort of or fantasy playoffs. Yeah. Um, but I was. I that, that's the whole reason I was pushing Rojo again. I mean, like he's a very difficult pick in in um, best ball because you can't waver him away. Um, so you're taking a stand on if he does or does not make the roster. 
But if he doesn't, yeah. I see many teams like being in the in the market for him. Right. And how many of those are a way worse situation than the Chiefs? Like almost all of them. Almost all of them. But would it be a big would it be a big issue? Because like most teams are a worse position than in worse position to be than the Chiefs. I know. I mean, I think if if he doesn't make the team and like Washington could pick him up. And he gets picked up somewhere else. I don't know how many of those how many of those situations does he and how many of those scenarios does he become like a guy that you had to have? Yeah, um, quite a few, I would say, just because I could see him taking over that that workload late in the year. Away. So yeah, I'm good with whoever you guys are interested in here. Um, I mean, the other guy at the top of our queue is Amir Abdullah, and I also don't know that he has that same kind of upside. Uh, he seems like he's more of a a passing game play. Yeah. Do you want to take Janu? Would you take would you take Janu here? Like a tight end and then close it out? Like what do you think, Connor? Where are you on the tight ends that we have Q? Yeah, I, I think that uh those uh, it's it's difficult to call something that a tier break here kind of at the end of the draft. But yeah, th- those are two guys who I, I'd love to, to finish it out with. Um Janu is probably who I would pick. Janu would be your pick? Yeah. All right, let's go Janu. We can be done with running back and tight end. Um, whereas it feels like we do have a we have we have cover and fire. Yeah. Oh yeah. Look at that. That's nice because Tyler Conklin goes. Mm. I just wanted a reason to draft Chigozim Okonkwo in a best ball draft. You learned how to say his name just for that bit. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it gives us some more time to think about the Rojo. Oh, that was the that was the guy I wanted. I wanted um Paris David, Campbell goes. David Bell. There's one fun receiver here, right? Sorry? There's one fun receiver left. Although maybe he yeah. will get him in the twentieth. There's no way anyone's gonna take him. <laughs> uh what do you guys think of the guy? Oh, never mind. I was about to add Donovan Peoples Jones to the queue. Then he got taken. No interest. No yeah, interest. No interest. No interest in Cleveland's wide receiver one? No. If he's the wide receiver one, I don't want the wide receiver one. Yeah. And this is this is why I was asking about Rojo, because um he's kind of like the best available running back here. Um with you know added upside to potentially making the Chiefs and then also potentially being on another roster somewhere. That's why I was asking. Because he could potentially land in Atlanta. And, you know, cut into whatever Dallas Al- Alagir might be doing. He could land somewhere else, right? And I think at this point, the cost-adjusted volume potential fantasy points might be okay. All right. Um, we're on the clock again. If you want to go Ronald Jones, that's okay. I think you could make a good case for Danny Gray here. I uh, could also go Kyron Williams. So I think I, think my, I, I was going to say my two picks are either Rojo or Kyron Williams. And what? What? Why are we skipping over Abdullah? Oh, um, no, I'm good with Abdullah if, if you if you would like him. Yeah, Sorry, I thought he was gone. Abdullah's a good pick. I, I, mean, I yeah. used to pick. I have questions about the upside, but I think that's the case with anyone we would take here. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Wanted to do it, Amir. All right. Done. Oh my god! I can't believe it. What year is it? We're drafting Amir <laughs> Abdullah. Remember when he was a like a third round pick i know it's it's a strange season when you have abdullah and ty montgomery in your queue 
Yeah, that that is a, a little bit strange. The only thing about it is is that like so yeah, he is kind of like clocked in for the uh the the passing down role now. Yeah. But are are we also sure that that's all that he could do? Like Right. Yeah, for sure. Isn't he real fast? So that could be something where that, that they could decide to uh, to also use him in the uh, in the rushing game too. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, kind of knowing that Abdullah was going to be there, that some other guys that are, like, interesting as pass catchers, like maybe Kyron Williams has that role if Akers can't play. Evans might even have that role even if Mixon is healthy. It almost makes me wish we had taken more upside shots with our earlier running back picks. Right. Although, I mean, Gordon so and... Who would, you, who would you have taken? Who would you have taken earlier? Yeah, that's a good question. Maybe Pacheco fits that. Maybe Algier. Yeah, but but look at where those guys went. Like I, I was not expecting them to go to those teams. I mean, Kenneth Walker is the guy that I really would have hoped would would have fallen. Right. To yeah, but we had no hope, and he went to a team. Let's see where did Walker go. I think though, uh, with, the guys, with the players available, um, we were always going to be locked into guys that. Are, are particularly good at one aspect of a running back job, but yeah, like we we got the the one tree down kind of profile we got was Jamal Williams, but everybody else it was like okay this guy's a rusher or this guy's a pass catcher, and we 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 just have to hope or we just have to bet that they come into more than what we think that we're essentially that our consensus on what this player is capped at is wrong. Right. Yeah. They're definitely like, I think Benjamin has a path to that. I think Davis Price has a path to that kind of workload, even without degrees. So um, there's definitely some, some really enticing upside scenarios on this team. Right. Um, Yeah. But like, I was just going to say, it's like where Kenneth Gainwell went and the team that Kenneth Gainwell went to doesn't make any sense. Right. Like (laughs) when you think about it, like in, in, in in actuality, you go Najee, Joe Mixon, in, in your as your first two picks, and then you go AJ Dillon in the sixth, Cordero Even Patterson Walker. in the seventh, and then Kenneth Walker in the tenth. Yeah. And oh, there goes Rojo. Uh, well, RB seventy five. I think we want to go receiver here anyway. Right? Yeah, I know we want to go receiver, but I was just saying that like, um, oh, Boston Scott's actually a good pick. Oh, we should have th- we should have thought about him. You think? Yeah. He's not. He's not the uh, the running back three. No, I mean, even if he is, I think the Eagles only keep three, and they did. They did play Boston Scott quite a bit uh, last year. They they did not. Um, uh, they did not um, have much luck there with um, with playing Gainwell. They didn't trust him as much last year. Yeah, but if Gainwell is going to get a larger workload, which we all seem to think he is, then Scott is probably yeah out. Yeah, but we could just be wrong. You know what I mean? That's true happened before yeah i thought i was wrong once but i made a mistake but that's why but that's why i was saying that um that uh uh what's his name would be would be a good pick um uh Bob scott had i remembered that we, we should have considered him that's on me my bad my bad we would have um, shut you down believe yeah me. no i know but i'm just saying that for those of like, you the, the laser defense system <laughs> But that's what I was saying is that like consider the uh, consider the uh, Boston Scott and some of the teams if you guys are still drafting right now, 
because there's there's some uh, some fun stuff out there. At least I think he makes for a fun diversification pick. But I don't know if it's because my brain is fried from from drafting for months on end. Um, I think there's like lots of different uh, fun uh, receiver picks here. I don't want to start talking too early. <laughs> I think it's fine at this point. Yeah, I mean, there's like teams who've been on auto for the whole back half. I mean, look at this, this guy, this guy, Luckbox, McCall Hardman, and Mo Ali Cox and Rojo. Like, I really like Quez as a pick, but I like, I love Quez. I love that Quez. Play. Yeah, yeah, because Quez he is, is someone. He's a starter. Like, yeah. he's a starter on that offense. Just the yeah. community has decided that the wide receiver tree on that team is not interesting. Because they're gonna uh, run the ball too much. Yeah. No, but, I, I, I love Quez fits his build so so well. I think Quez is interesting. I think that you know, I don't know. I think a case could still be made for Visca, and Danny Gray is also pretty interesting. I, I, I think, I think Quez. I'm, I'm on Team Quez above all of them, man. Maybe Gray doesn't make sense on a no on a and Ayuk team though. Yeah, and we've also yeah, like I, I, I really prefer prefer Quez to like anyone. Um, I mean, the, the argument for Quez would be that, hey, we're so juiced at receiver yeah. anyway. Yeah. Um, we, if, need, if, if, we need this guy to actually score, a, a, yeah. have a strong week. You need, you need like one strong week out of him. Like, I think, I think that that's about it. Like, like, like Quez is a guy who's very likely to break into our starting lineup once. And if it's twice um, in the season, then like it's all gravy. I am interested in hearing the Visca uh, case, though, because yeah. he's not someone I have been considering, but I'm definitely interested. Yeah. Well, I mean, he was he was a prospect we loved. He's on a team that has not had good quarterback play for a long time. If you think Lawrence could take a step forward in year two, then Visca probably benefits big from that, and he's free. I yeah, so that... is Quez, though. I have for Quez. I'm good either. Yeah, I, I, I've heard that uh, Quez isn't starting as well. Like he's he's running as the wide receiver four and stuff. I'm good either way. I think Visca's probably more fun, but yeah, I mean, Visca's fine. But I think Quez, like I, I don't know, I, I don't, I right. actually genuinely, do. I, I think Visca, Visca is more on, fun. One's on Quez. I'm on Visca. What do you say, Connor? Yeah, At Quez is my suggestion. All, All right. right, let's do it. All right, that there is, you have it. We can recap this team. You guys want to read it off? Go for it. All right, uh, we draft out of the 104. We have Jamar Chase, Debo Samuel, T. Higgins, Gabe Davis, T.J. Hawkinson, Joe Burrow, and Trey Lance. We went back to back to just solidify Connor's two QB, two elite QB in the window. Snag Brandon Ayuk took a nice value on Devonta Smith. Got him after George Pickens. Uh, our RB one and two are Melvin Gordon and Darrell Henderson. We've got Garrett Wilson, Gerald Everett, and then here's a bunch of uh, running backs who are hopefully going to win us a lot of money. You know, Benjamin, Jamal Williams, Tyrion Davis, Price, Chris Evans, and Amir Abdullah. We got John Smith in there. And then we just rounded up with Quez Watkins, as you could hear. All right. Nice team. Uh, you, yeah. What do you think, Connor? You is this the uh, is this the winning team? As someone who's done it before. Yeah. Tell us if we tell us if we got it right. So I I, I do I'm gonna put on my uh, Denny Carter voice. I love the receivers. Really love the running backs. Actually, I really love the receivers. I'm not sure about the uh, the running backs. <laughs> um, I think with with it being uh, with it being such a big tournament, uh, ten thousand teams or so, we we really do have to uh, to get lucky at running back. But 
I think we've given ourselves enough shots there for that to be possible. Uh, we've, we've got a bunch of guys there. If, if things break right, they really could get a, a three down roll, um, which is, is and, and, and on top of that, we've also got some talented guys. Like Melvin Gordon was awesome last year. He played really, really well. Like Daryl Henderson played really well. Eno Benjamin, like you said, he's got the strong uh, prospect pro- profile. Apparently, he's been working hard. He's shored up the parts of his game that they weren't confident in now, and, and now they are. Um, and then we've got uh, Chris Evans, who's like a, a size speed freak monster. Um, so that said, that that's really going to be the story of our team. Other than other than being right about the Bengals and uh, the 49ers, we we get those things right. And this this is going to be a really strong team. And um, one thing I, I think that that is interesting is to to look at it from the angle of like a 2018 team. Like you you have to go go through these mindset mindset shifts. Like I've had to go through a mindset shift this off season where I'm like, oh, my wide receivers are just not as strong as I feel comfortable with now. And um, and so I've had to like, okay, well, how do I counteract that by being way stronger running back than I ever was before? Whereas now this is like a violent shift back to prior years. Mm. Um, this and is a throwback, man. <laughs> like I would have been really happy with this team like two years ago. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm happy with it now. You can't get a lot of these wide receiver values in a lot of drafts that right. like, you're doing in, in other formats or even in FFPC lately so um you know we kind of uh yeah have to live with the these running backs that we got but i'm happy with i'm happy with a lot of the receivers we took too and we'll uh yeah like you said all in on cincinnati and san francisco which is um feels like good offenses to bet on right yeah for sure definitely and i think another point as well would have been a tournament i don't know for sure but i'm guessing that a higher percentage of these drafts are they're slow drafts and c- closer to uh, closer to the kind of more balanced wide receivers going earlier drafts. So with this being a kind of rarer draft to be in, this team will probably end up being very unique when yeah. all is said and done, which is helpful. It's important. For sure. All right. Uh you know, Connor, when we had talked before, we said we would we would get you on this show to talk about the uh, dynasty draft that we did in the uh, ship chasing. And now it's been like several months. I can't even remember who's on our team, except I know we have Derek Henry. We have Derek Henry and Eno Benjamin. There are only two players. <laughs> yeah, that was a fun, a fun, uh, fun draft. But uh, yeah, yeah, I don't remember. I remember having know. fun, but not who we've picked yeah, right uh, yeah um well hopefully hopefully henry comes through but not so much that he keeps this team from winning yeah tread the needle yeah exactly hey we, we we're gonna make up the entire difference through our through our wide receiver play like like again like kind of what what connor was saying is we have been unable to stack these caliber of receivers right like for such a long time mm-hmm. like this is a definitely a th- like, this is what a what a 2022 
right. draft would look like, have rooms look like they did a few years ago. Like it's it's it, we thought it was a different world. And th- there, if there's a scenario where we get a season where it's wide receiver strong, I forget the year it was. Was it 2015? Yeah. Uh, where it was the running back apocalypse and it was a wide receiver. If we get something like that, which um, could happen, not praying for it, but could happen, especially yeah. with the running backs being older, like we're, we're easily one of the strongest teams uh, or, or set up to be one of the strongest teams in the tournament. For sure. I mean, it, it happened last year too, but that's the thing is like all offseason people had adjusted to the fact that it happened and now they've readjusted back. I don't know. Uh, somebody mentioned that there's uh, there's people who will use like uh, different cheat sheets and stuff like that, and yeah, for fast drafts because in a slow draft you uh, you can really kind of take your time and, and, and go along with it. Whereas in the fast, you, you kind of do need something, some basis to go yeah. on, and and that can influence things big time. Yeah, for sure. Uh, just looking back at this board, are there are there teams that uh, you think have a have a shot to knock us out. Who should we be worried about? I think Team Seven is pretty interesting. I think Team right. Seven. Do you want to do you want to read off Team Seven for audio listeners? Yeah, Team Seven did the double tight end start. Kelsey Pitts then went to wide receiver. Michael Pittman, Mike Williams, Patrick Mahomes, Jerry Judy, another zero RB squad. But they took their first in the seventh from Andre Stevenson, Clyde Edwards-Helaire, Chris Olave, Russell Gage, uh, Romeo Dobbs, Chase Claypool. Zamir White, KJ Osborne, Mac Jones, Marvin Jones, Kendrick Bourne, Rex Burkhead, Sony Michelle, Chuba Hubbard. Um, so yeah, similar sort of similar sort of build to the one we did. Obviously, they did not get the two QBs in the window, but they did really get that elite tight end, um, which is something that uh, we do like. So so yeah, that'll be probably a pretty good team. Right, yeah, that that's definitely the one that you look at there, and it's the scariest for us. Um, yeah, I mean, it's interesting, you know. I like this structure, but when you go into kind of the actual like wide receiver picks, there are some that I think are like right on, like Jerry Judy in the sixth is is awesome. Um, but I can't imagine ever picking Russell Gage in any draft. <laughs> is he a player that you would just never draft ever? Well, probably. I mean, if he falls far enough, uh, maybe. But he's not someone that would would occur to me to even add him to my to my uh, draft plan. You know, I wrote an article earlier this off season about mm-hmm. the do not draft list, and um, Gage probably is. I mean, he's not someone I would classify as saying, "Oh, yeah, definitely do not draft him." But he's not someone that I get excited to draft, so he's not someone I. I am drafting. So I guess, yeah, he is. Do not draft. Just he bores you out of interest. Yeah. Now, 16th round, Marvin Jones. He probably is on my do not draft list. Yeah, that's a... It, it is It is a strange to combine the, the kind of build like that with, uh, with those players. Mm-hmm. Like, you've gone 0 RB, but uh, wide receiver 5, 4 and 5 is Olave and uh, Russell Gage. Um, they do have the awesome tight ends, which helps. But Josh makes a good point. Gage was getting hyped because of vacated targets. I think they're gone now. Yeah, right. Yeah, there was there was like a a, a hot minute where um, people were victory lapping all the closing line value they got on like Russell Gage, 
they were like, yeah. Now it's like his ADP is so, so low. And it's like, oh, no. Well, it's like it's one of those things. Nature absorbs a vacuum, right? Mm. Where it's like, oh, they, they don't have enough receivers. Like that, this means this guy will do all that. And it's like, well, now they're bringing in a receiver. Yeah, it's always the worst reason to draft someone because they don't have anyone else. Yeah, yeah. The only other team that is uh, somewhat interesting, and I'm not sure I'm fully interested, is uh, Team Ten. So they did start Mark Andrews, Stefan Diggs. They mm-hmm. got Jalen Waddle. Um, they do have six wide receivers after after like getting some early ones. Yeah. So that's, that's definitely a team that could be dangerous. Uh, Antonio Gibson could end up being a really good pick. Right. Tony Pollard. They did go with the two quarterbacks in the window. They did get three tight ends total. Um, yeah. I would have liked to see them get another receiver instead of Carson Wentz, but other than that, I like. Oh wait, they they uh, I I didn't even see Carson Wentz yet. No brainer, they should have gotten uh, another receiver over Wentz. But it's it's the kind type of team that was like probably um it's not drafted optimally, mm-hmm. but it's close enough to the optimal that uh if they get a good if they get some luck, it could challenge. It's yeah. like it's definitely it's very live. Oh yeah, for sure. Feels very condescending to say the second best <laughs> team, whether in less than our draft, is live. Like that, that feels very condescending. <laughs> like, I mean, I I like that team a lot. They got they got a lot of the guys who we. I mean, they just shouldn't have got. Yeah, Hassan comes in with the bombs. Like like, <laughs> oh, you're an idiot. Why would you do that? Whereas I'm like, oh yeah, I don't hate it. It's it's live. Yeah. That there are things draft that you look at and just say, okay, they're dead. Right. Yeah. We won't we don't have to name names, but I mean right. I mean they know who they are. <laughs> I mean, you know, we say that obviously any of these teams could could surprise us. So yeah, yeah, but I mean I mean when you're sitting with like with the information that we have. Right. Um, and especially with what we know about roster, I mean, with how to draft, where to draft, pockets of players, start roster development, um, and the fact that all off season we've been dealing with—I uh, mean, I don't know about you guys, but like, I feel most of my uh, like my best ball drafts have resulted in me like just freakishly not having enough um, wide receivers each time, mm-hmm. right? Like, I'm very happy getting Ayuk as a wide receiver four or five. Yeah, um, right. which is who which is who we got over here but um again we shouldn't have gotten him here because like right devonda smith in the ninth round feels a little bit that's just like that 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 feels like cheating <laughs> yeah we, we we shouldn't be able to bear a yuke and devonda smith um and goblor said not sure tan has enough upside um so w- one thing that i kind of saw when i was going through the playoffs last year so i that was my best team, so I was paying very close attention to uh, uh, what the other teams looked in the playoffs. Is that very often it was teams with not great structural builds, so teams that would look like that, um, and then you maybe add in two or three injuries. But uh, for example, uh, Stefan, just you use an example of this team. Their version, that those teams' version of Stefan Diggs would have went off big time. Jalen Waddle went off big time. Tony Pollard smashed it. And they had those three or four players 
that propel the team to certain spots. Mm-hmm. And and I'm I'm that this is that type of team where if they get those performances, could easily yeah propel it. So you're saying just pick the right players. Just pick the right guys. It's that easy. Doesn't have to be hard, guys. They're the best players. <laughs> All right. With that, I think we'll call it a night. Thanks everyone for joining us. Uh, don't forget to uh, to rate and review and to subscribe. Um, Connor, where can everyone find you and find your stuff? Uh, where where do you think Rotovis? Of course. Uh, and go go follow him on Twitter at Drico Out. At Drico Out. Um. Yeah, I've been writing an awful lot about best ball this year. And like we mentioned, I just wrote kind of like a guide of like how I'm attacking FFBC. Uh, I've also written a lot about underdog and just ways to attack that, how to, how to, uh, how to play kind of anchor, anchor running back, zero running back, hyper fragile, like just looked into a lot of different things. Um, I'm definitely happy with what I've written this year. Yeah, definitely go check out Connor stuff. Uh, you know, one of the, Obviously, one of the best in the biz at this best ball thing. Um, got the receipts to prove it. Even um, question here: Yes, we will probably be doing at least one more of these. Um, we're hoping to get a really good guest for next week, so stay tuned for that. And uh, yeah, we will catch you later.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.